Hey there, Raptors fans. Another week of glorious playoff basketball is in the books. And do we ever have an episode for you? Ben, Aaron, and I are so excited to break down all the different series that are currently going on and the one that just concluded, of course, the Milwaukee Bucks versus the Miami Heat, the first sweep of 2021. We're going to break down the action, look at the picks we made in our little tournament draft that we did, see who's looking good, see who's not doing so hot, and just talk about the matchups and break down each series and what we expect as these series finish up this week. We'll be back next week with more reactions and takes and fun, but for this one, listen to what we got. Let's dive into it. Alright guys, we're back with another playoff episode of Raptors Review. Let's quickly update everyone on where we're at with our points from our playoff draft and then we're going to rip through the series for you. So I'm right now in the lead with 12 points. The 76ers are doing the best for me. Ben has two teams eliminated. The Miami Heat got eliminated. That was the seventh overall pick. We're going to dive into why he made that decision. Uh, The Warriors also eliminated for Ben, but the Grizzlies have three wins for him. So that was, that was a good value there. And then Gavin, he's at 11 points in second place. He's got the Bucks with four wins. Great pick there. They got the sweep, and they're, they're looking scary. Uh, but let's, uh, let's jump into this series. Ben, what are we going to start with? Let's just get Miami out of the way. Let's get this pain. Let's, uh, let's just get this over yeah. with. Let's jump right to that series, okay? Because I just want to remember, in the draft episode... Ben, could you just repeat the noise you made when I took Milwaukee uh, with a third pick? Like it was some kind of like flabbergasted sigh of, oh my gosh, he's going to let Aaron win. How good does this pick look right now? Like Milwaukee's got to be one of the top three teams title odds. You know what? I can't tell if it's Milwaukee being really good or the Heat just being that bad. They had a stinker of a series and... It makes me kind of question whether last year in the bubble was a purely a fluke or not. Tyler Hero is trash right now. He's kind of had a trash season, to be honest. He's kind of dodged a bullet not trading Lowry for him, if I'm being honest. Like, he's it's just useless. And Jimmy Butler was, quote-unquote, stupidly locked in. Um, more stupidly than locked in, I think. <laughs> is, wow. He had a horrible ben, series as I well. <laughs> like... I, no, I think the Heat are a good team, and I think that they're the fourth best, maybe even third best team in the conference. I think this is really more about Milwaukee like locking them up. Their D is maybe the most scary D I've ever seen. It's it's like it's terrifying. Here's the problem though: if Miami is good, then I have to admit that Milwaukee is great, and I'm not prepared to do that. But Gavin, I like. You know, this pick, you did make it third overall. They look amazing. But part of why I think this pick might not have been that great is that they have to go against the neck, the Nets in the next round. Yeah. And I think I can like try to back up my pick and say why I made it and explain it. And to be honest, there's going to be a lot of hard matchups in the second round. A lot of them are kind of crapshoots. But I just think Milwaukee is going to take it this year. I've been saying this all season ever since they picked up PJ Tucker. And even when they made the Drew Holiday uh, trade in the offseason, they just have so many gritty players that are great at defense and don't take much off the table on offense throughout their roster. And then you're getting big performances, guys coming coming into their own at the right moments, like Bryn Forbes. 
Like this is a team that's hot right now and can throw out some scary lineups no matter who you are. I mean, let's wait until next episode to really talk about the Brooklyn matchup because I think that's going to be really exciting. Honestly, the way both of those teams are playing now, like I, I think that could be the championship like matchup. Like whoever wins that series wins the championship. Like the, like they they look a tier better, but those might be the two best teams. But like this series, Bryn Forbes outscored Jimmy Butler. Like doesn't surprise me. Like <laughs> doesn't surprise me. That's insane. Doesn't surprise me though. Look at the players on the court. Bryn Forbes is running off screens and getting open threes because there's so much attention on every other person on the Milwaukee Bucks roster. And Jimmy Butler is getting guarded by Giannis, defensive player of the year last year. And he's driving into help defense from Brooke Lopez, one of the best under the rim like protectors there is in the league. Yeah. So it's, it doesn't surprise me at all because he doesn't shoot well outside. This is a nightmare matchup for Milwaukee unless Robinson and Jay Crowder and Hero are just shooting threes out of their mind. But that just didn't happen this year. Yeah, they, they did not have anyone catch fire and... Like with Jimmy shooting under 30% from the field being their the focal point of their offense, you're just not going to win any games like that. So, yeah, it wasn't even like a fluky 30% where he was missing a ton of easy shots. Like everything he was getting was really difficult. Yeah. But I mean, I want to give credit to Milwaukee here. Like they look stupidly locked in. They look like they know who they are as a team. Everyone knows their role, what they're supposed to be doing. So, like, yeah, this, they're definitely the team that I think is probably improved the most from my, my uh, pre-playoff look to Matt now seeing them play a few games. One thing I want to say about the Milwaukee Bucks is I think, I think they can beat any team in the league in a seven-game series. But if they are going to lose in a series, it's going to be against a team that makes them not be able to just play drop coverage with Brooke Lopez. Like that is going to be the thing that might beat them if it happens. But if you can't play Brooke Lopez off the court, you're not beating the Milwaukee Bucks. I don't think there's a team out there. Yeah, I completely agree with that. that. Because Brooke Lopez was such a monster in this series. And then on offense too, he just like (laughs) he was so much bigger than everyone on Miami. And like Bam kind of had an eh series as well but like i think this is a series where miami wishes they had another center like kelly olenic that they could just throw in with bam to give them a bit more size because they were just getting bodied like Mm. kelly olenic would have been good for this yeah Yeah. kelly would have been good to stretch out a little bit more yeah yeah the risk to that they threw the dice on getting victor oladipo and hoping for his upside and getting healthy and then he got hurt and they ended up losing a a probable rotation guy for that and got they got nothing where does miami go from here are they screwed guys like what's their next play so they've got jimmy and goran dragic who are in their 30s now jimmy's 31 and dragic is 34 but like their young core, I guess they're gonna have to pay Duncan Robinson this offseason, probably. And then, but with Bam, I mean, a lot of people thought Tyler Hero was a piece, was a chip, and that's uncertain after this season. I think um, their future is no longer as promising as it once was. But I mean, you probably rattle out a few, another couple of Jimmy Butler years, and hopefully Oladipo is healthy. I don't know, like. Well, he's a free agent, so I don't know if he's really part of your team. But yeah, I think the core of of Bam and Jimmy and Hero and Robinson 
Like, I, I think that they've demonstrated that they can be an elite team. I don't think that they're going to be really a championship contender, but I think they, they can also just like play better than this. And if they fill out their bench with guys that make more sense around them, I think that they can, you know, they're going to be an okay, like mid tier Eastern conference playoff team. Yeah. I think the contender window is pretty safely shut unless we see some massive player development from Tyler hero, maybe Kendrick Nunn, or bam or bam or bam. If, if bam could shoot the series, he could have killed Brooke Lopez playing that drop coverage, but he couldn't. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. He just didn't guard him at all. Okay, what's the next series yeah. you want to look at here? Let's go to another series that isn't a sweep yet, but it's going to be a sweep. This one will probably take about 30 seconds to discuss. It's the 76ers versus the Washington Wizards. That, that one's 3-0. There hasn't been a close game yet. Any Anything worth taking away from this series? In my mind, it's a no, and we can just move on. But I mean, the Sixers look good. They're doing what they're supposed to do right now taking care of business until they get to the conference finals i think that's going to be their first true test so yeah yeah i can't think of really like i think the sixers are one of the worst matchups for the wizards just because like they can really play drop and just keep and beat in the paint with with russell westbrook out there and there's not that many ways to punish them especially when you got matisse thibel guarding beal and just fighting through screens and it's very one-sided it's the way we think it's going to be i just hope the wizards can win one game to salvage me a point because I could use another point from them, to be honest. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if that's going to happen. Yeah, but it seems unlikely. Yeah, they the Celtics got me a point. Didn't didn't Ty have a game with five steals and four blocks in like twenty minutes? It wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. Anyways, yeah, that that series is over, and there's no reason to ever watch it. Uh, ben, what's our next one? Ooh, should we talk about New York versus Atlanta? That's kind of been a fun series. Trey Young is trash talking. All the time. So the the Hawks, they won today. So they're up 3-1 in that one, right? Correct. That's true. Yeah, they're up 3-1. I was disheartened to see that the Knicks couldn't pull me a point in that game today. I was really counting on the Knicks to beat the Hawks when I drafted them. And it looks like Julius (laughs) Randle has burned me. Julius Randle has burned me bad. So far, probably the biggest playoff fraud of, of this playoffs. Oh, like he got he got most improved player and now he is tanking his team. This is a worse Siakam than Siakam. Like this is he's shooting 24% from the field in so far in the series. Like mm-hmm. just brutal. Looks like mine and and somewhat Ben's uh Nick's I don't know <laughs> Nick's doubt has has been proven true. They look like the team I thought that they were in the preseason. They look like a bottom five lottery team in the playoffs right now. Like their offense, they can't do anything. Their their best player right now is Derek Rose, who they traded for nothing. They traded Dennis Smith Jr. for their best player right now. It's just pitiful, like the level of talent and, and creativity they have on offense. Yep. I can't really say anything to the contrary. At this point, I'm hoping they can win me a game. If I can get two points out of them, that'd be great. If I can get three, I'd be over the moon. Julius Randle's stock is rising and falling. It's like some kind of crazy shit coin on like crypto or something. Like <laughs> stock goes way up. MVP candidate goes down to like, is this guy a good bench player? I don't know. He did have a slightly better game today. Um, shooting from the from inside the three point line still pretty rough, but he did shoot fifty percent from three on four looks. Regardless, still a minus 17, though. But the whole team was playing bad today. Should we talk a little bit about Trey Young? Uh, like, 
I feel like he's really impressed me this series. Even though this is against the Knicks, it's still a playoff series where the other team's game planning for you, and the Knicks are a good defensive team. Yeah, they're they're a decent defensive and team. So. He's averaging yeah. twenty seven points and ten assists, doing a great job. Honestly, his offense has been great. On defense, he still sucks, but you know, like when you're that good of an offensive player, it doesn't really matter that much. Although we'll have to see what happens in later series against more talented teams, how much they can expose him. But so far, first playoff series, living up to the hype. Yeah, he's a, I don't know. I don't know why Trey Young didn't get any all-star consideration or all-NBA consideration. Like, he's the reason why the Hawks are in the playoffs. Without him, their offense is awful, and they have a pretty good offense. So, like, he he deserves credit. He's a legit, like, defensive breaker with his with his passing and his pick-and-roll ability. And yeah, I don't, I don't know if he's like a top 20 guy yet, but he, I think he's around there. How many floaters did this guy hit? Like he just comes into the lane, stops short of the center and just flips it over Nerland's Noel. It seems like every third pick and roll he's doing this and he's extremely efficient. This guy is definitely an all-star in my opinion. And moving forward, he's a, one of those young players that can quarterback an offense to great heights, I, I assume, because he's doing it here. They're doing a lot of... Good stuff from a lot of players on the roster, though, from what I've seen. Um, you're getting really good contributions from Bogdan, which over the season was more of a question mark. And even DeAndre Hunter coming back from injury has been outstanding on defense and shown some real flashes on the offensive end, especially with the three-point shooting this series. Like This young core seems pretty promising moving forward. Yeah, a lot of good young players. They have pieces that make sense around Trey Young. I don't know if they have like to win to win in the NBA. You need like the super duper stars. You need LeBron, mm-hmm. you need Kawhi, you need Steph. Like so far, like they need someone to get to that level. I think to to compete for championships. But they they do look like you're saying like a young promising team. But you know whether they actually have the talent to to get further than this, I think remains to be seen. Well, and I think that's something important when you think about Trey Young is because he's such he's what we call like a heliocentric player. Like the game revolves around him. The offense is built around him. He needs the ball in his hand. I'm not sure adding talent around him like other stars is going to make their team that much better. Because he's still going to want the ball in his hand anyways. Like, he might hard cap their team unless he gets much better. Yeah, well, yeah, he can improve. But, I mean, yeah, you want you want guys that are good without the ball in their hand. Like, that's the type of player you need around him. But, yeah, th- those ones are harder to come by for sure. Mm-hmm. I just say I'm glad you defined heliocentric. That was a very science-y term for this podcast. Well done. It guys. is for sure. It just means a player <laughs> like there's a few of these players out there like Luka Doncic, yeah. Um, Trey yeah. Young would be an example. LeBron James would be an example. James Harden is probably the most notable example. Players that need the ball in their hand all the time. And um, yeah, you just want to surround them with three and D guys for the most part. Yep. All right. What's our next series? Let's finish out the East. Yeah. Yeah. So I think we got the Nets versus the Celtics. And as we're recording this, the Nets are up on the Celtics in this game, which would give them, if it, if it holds a 3-1 lead in this series, the Celtics, I think they got a surprise win with Tatum going for 50 and, and getting winning game three. But uh, I think this series is over. What do you guys think? Yeah, no disagreements there, but that Jason Tatum game was impressive. He was just dynamite. They need to get him some help before he leaves because he is he's legit. I've I've not been a Jason Tatum believer for a long time, but he he can score the ball pretty easily. 
He he makes it look almost as easy as KD does. That one game made me so happy. First of all, because it scored me a point. And for where I drafted the Celtics, two points is pretty good, considering the teams that were left on the board. But also, just like, he's crushing it. And I felt a little bit of sorrow for the Celtics because I wonder what would this series be like if Jalen Brown was healthy? Could they have stretched this to six games, seven games? Could this have been a close series? Maybe. I think they would lose, but it'd be a little bit closer. I think like the games that they're losing, they are kind of getting blown out. And so it's like this one game where Kyrie had a really bad performance. I don't know that Jalen Brown really gets some, maybe another win. Maybe, sure, maybe they get to six games rather than five. But like I, I see this series going to five games right now. And so... I don't think even if it gets to six, it's like it's not a close six game series where each game's really tight down the stretch. I think the Nets are just they're the most talented team in the league. So, yeah, they're just overwhelmingly talented Mm. for sure. Yeah, that's my take. I don't think the Celtics had a chance to win even with Jalen Brown, but I do think it would have made the series a lot more interesting. I agree with what you're saying, Ben. They should get them some help, but they got a pretty decent middle core there of Smart, Brown and Tatum. It's going to make some depth around it and figure out what they're doing at the point guard spot because uh, I don't know if Kemba's going to be around after this contract. Yeah, but they're just like the next couple of years, they're stuck in Kemba contract limbo. I don't know. If I'm Jason yeah. Tatum, I'm looking for greener pastures. Let's move to the West. Yeah, let's do it. Where do you guys want to start? I want to start with the, the series that just got tied up, the Phoenix Suns against the LA Lakers. Uh, Phoenix won game four in LA, uh, but notably Anthony Davis got hurt and didn't come back for the second half. So I guess a lot is up in the air right now. Like Chris Paul is playing, but he's pretty hurt. Like he had a shoulder injury. can't really move it that well. But now with AD's injury, like if he's not playing or playing poorly because he's hurt, like I guess what does that leave us for for the series? Right. I want to point out that Um, There are reports coming out now that Anthony Davis has suffered a groin strain, a strained groin. So that can mean really anything, right? I mean, depends on on the severity (laughs) of the groin strain. But um, without Anthony Davis in the lineup, I think this kind of swings the series definitely towards Phoenix. That's my read on it, because they're going to have to play a lot more of Andre Drummond and a lot more of Marcus Sol. And um, I think Aiton's just going to eat. Yeah, but with that, with that, LeBron has looked better, like and healthier, and going to the rim in the last few days. So, like, is he is he good enough to to get the Lakers two more wins? Is he good enough? Absolutely. But I think the counterpoint to that is Chris Paul was looking pretty crippled for the last two games, and then all of a sudden, in Game Four, he's looking much closer to old Chris Paul and the healthy Chris Paul. So, like, Chris Paul's injury coming along is. I think almost more important than LeBron being good because without if AD, let's say AD is out for the next couple of games, Phoenix is just a better team. Even with peak LeBron, I, I think the rest of the Lakers, it's like Andre Drummond hasn't really worked. Wesley, Wesley Matthews hasn't been the substitute for Danny Green that they were hoping. Dennis Schroeder's been very eh in the playoffs, especially. And it's like, there's just not a lot of other weapons on this team for LeBron to use, even when LeBron is at peak LeBron powers. So my, my X's and O's take here is if AD is missing the rest of the series or maybe even the next game, 
the Lakers, and if the Lakers are desperate, which I'm guessing they're going to be without AD, is we see a lot of Kyle Kuzma and Markeith Morris at five with LeBron at four. Because so I think they've demonstrated those lineups to be their most effective, both offensively and defensively. So I'm interested to see if that's going to happen. I think they go with Marc Gasol. I mean, their centers are getting cooked. Hmm. Like, they did go to Marc Gasol today. That was the yeah. substitute. Yeah, but I think... And he looked pretty good. But it, against Chris Paul, it's just hard to ask them to like guard on the perimeter against Chris Paul and, and yeah. Booker. So like, I think that's that's kind of like the the overnight adjustment that might happen for the Lakers. Yeah, I think like Marcus Sol probably doesn't have more than twenty five minutes a night in him, anyways. Like, so you you do need another option at center, and if Drummond is gonna be poop, maybe maybe Marquise Morris is the answer, or Kuz, Kuz at center, yeah. DeAndre Ayton's going to just obliterate them. On yeah, the board, I don't think they so. can put Kyle Kuzma at center. That's going to be... Gang rebound, gang rebound. Seems risky. Maybe when like Dario Saric or Kaminsky's in, but... There was a few... I don't there know. was a possession tonight that I was watching, and it seemed like Ayton had Kyle Kuzma one-on-one in the post, and he kind of passed the ball out of it, and I was like, why did you do that? And, I mean, maybe that's signs of things to come, but I think if you give... Aiton Kyle Kuzma for a whole game as like the primary defender or even just like a 10 minute stretch he's going to figure it out real quick that uh, Kuzma is just not strong enough to guard Aiton so much of the series comes down to health though like I think yeah. if the if the Lakers are healthy they should have the edge but right now it looks like Phoenix has a, a better chance to be healthy for the next three games and so I give the edge to Phoenix here I, I think Phoenix takes the series which is a huge upset another thing yeah, to keep in mind is massive. we got game five at home for Phoenix and game seven at home for Phoenix yeah yeah that's big I don't know like, if the Lakers care about that they're they're a, a proud veteran team that's locked in everyone is is pretty focused and but think about it from phoenix perspective with this young team the, the home crowd energizing them like I, th- I think it can help them i think they're too young i think that they're they're gonna their inexperience is gonna show all right so you're predicting lakers take this series lakers and six baby okay wow ballsy. that is a ballsy one I, th- I think the lakers until now haven't been taking phoenix seriously no, I, I don't buy that because it's the playoffs. Yeah. Like everyone comes to the playoffs. No, no, they're, they're playing in. their way back into shape. Like they're they're trolling with their centers out there. Like Drummond's getting his regular minutes, and they they just know. And then in the late in the fourth quarter, it's Anthony Davis at center. It's like whenever they want to win a game, it's AD at center. But now without AD, like yeah, I think you're gonna see everything the Lakers have. It's gonna be exciting to watch. It's gonna be a really fun series. I hope for my team's draft sake that the Suns pull this out. That'd be great. That would make up for the Knicks. Yeah. completely make up for the Knicks. What's the next series you want to go to here? We got the two. Why don't we go to the one? Utah and Memphis. One of the more exciting series so far, just with some of the heroics from John Morant. The series is currently two to one for Utah. What are your takeaways, guys, here? What do you expect to see this coming week as we close out the series? I'd kind of forgotten about the little subplot of Mike Conley versus his former team, and that's been fun. But I think this series... The Utah Jazz are going to win this series. It's kind of inevitable. They're just a better team. But John Morant's play has been, I think, so promising for Grizzlies fans because 
if you if you asked me going into the playoffs, I would have I would have been really worried about John Morant again, especially against this Utah team having to go against Gobert at the rim all the time. It's like John Morant's game does not seem well suited to postseason basketball because of his lack of shooting. But his athleticism, his craftiness, like his timing, his touch, it's it's all translated and he's looked awesome. Like there's real superstar potential for him here, which I wouldn't have been very confident about prior to this series. But watching him play, it's like, okay, like if he can do this against a really, really good defense, there's real superstar potential. I'm going to be a downer. I still don't think there's real superstar potential. And I know that's a really hot take considering the way Jaws playing and he's playing really well. I can't deny it. I just look at the style of play and I just don't think that a short point guard like him that basically can only attack around the rim should be the driver of your offense. And I think that having a player like that on your team, if you try to add another skill player to it means that that player is going to get doubled because they know they don't have to respect jaw off the ball. And then you're going to get into all kinds of stuff that we saw with Harden and uh, Westbrook last year. Cause I think that John Morant and Harden are really similar players, just a slightly better floater from John Morant as we've seen, but not quite the rebounder probably not quite the defender that uh, Westbrook was when he was younger. And uh, yeah, I think that he puts a hard cap on your offense unless he can learn to shoot better. And I don't think much in this series has changed my mind. I I think for John Morant, the upside is that if he can develop a solid three point, like when he's wide open, be a solid three point shooter, like in the playoffs, if you can't double off of him like that, that kind of changes how he is because he is, very electric going to the rim and he is a good passer and he does, he does do things on offense that not a lot of people can do. So I, I guess I'm kind of in between you guys, maybe leaning a bit to more towards Gavin on this one. Like I, I don't see like super duper star there, but you know, he is really young and exciting. So he's young. He could get well, better. Yeah. He could get better. I didn't yeah. say super duper star. I just said superstar, you know, like <laughs> I don't think job will ever be a top 10 player. I'll say, yeah, that's exactly what I was going to yeah. say. Uh, I mean, maybe not, but I like his ceiling, I think is in the top 10. It's hard to get to your ceiling, but I think the team is also not constructed super well around him. Like they don't take a lot of threes. Their spacing isn't fantastic. They've got JV around the rim and like JV is awesome. But I think the ideal team construction around John Morant is really just get everyone else out of the paint and let him just, drive and dish or score and like their team isn't built for that right now so they're not really helping him that much and he's still finding these ways to succeed it's really to me that's really promising but yeah i mean look it's it's so hard to get into the top 10 because the nba is so ridiculously talented but he is ridiculously talented i agree with your points ben about the roster not being built for him and he would look better with a lot of three and d guys around him but i think there's so many better like there's better players at that than him Zion like, are better quarterbacks than him Zion like, I'd rather build a team around Zion I'd rather build a team around Luca like that I'd rather build a team around Harden like these that. are all like build a team these around- are all like top 10 players who are just like generational talents and they're gonna be in the hall of fame so like right sure, I don't right. disagree absolutely absolutely but if you want to yeah. win a championship you need yeah. to be a player that can complement other stars. And okay. John Morant doesn't do that because but, he needs the ball in his hand because he can't shoot. Yeah, but not everything's about winning a championship. Like, I think there is 
like it's it, the ring or bust mentality i think is kind of toxic because like there's there's dignity and there's honor in just being a great team and like even if you don't win a championship that doesn't mean you're a failure that doesn't mean you're not a superstar like just being awesome is is good enough itself like so, houston never won a championship guess, but, but they were like great ben, teams i want to stop you here because i want to agree with you especially when you're young team you're just drafting players right it's like you're just looking for best available talent and to get the best players you can and then hoping hoping that something great happens, right? So, yeah, like I don't think the Grizzlies made a mistake and like, yeah, they should max jaw. They should give him everything that they can, right? Try give him the best chance they have to succeed because he's it, right? But, you know, I think, I think Gavin has some good points there. But speaking of rings or bust, I want to move on to the Clippers and Dallas Mavericks series. We're recording this on Sunday evening and the Clippers and Mavericks are the late game. So we're, we're still only three games in that series with the Mavericks up two to one. They won both the games in L.A. The Mavericks have been on fire this series. The Clippers, I think, have been playing pretty well in every game. Kawhi has been lights out, but like defensively, both teams are, are struggling here. Uh, what's the read here, Ben? Honestly, I... I feel like I don't have a good read on this series because like both teams are scoring so well that it's just like, can any team get stops here? I don't know. Like last game, Kawhi and Paul George just decided not to miss. And it's like, okay, it's going to be pretty hard to beat them if they just don't miss any shots. <laughs> like and yet the Mavericks shot almost 50% from three. <laughs> yeah. And like the Mavericks have been shooting fantastically all series. And yeah. so it's like, if Kawhi doesn't just, I forget what his stat line was, but it was just absurd. Like, I think he missed three shots all game. And it's just like, that's, if your superstars are going to play that well, you're just going to win games. And so like, but I think the Clippers do need Kawhi and Paul George to play that well because they've not figured out how to stop Dallas. And Luka is consistently creating great offense. And even though Paul George and Kawhi are both excellent, excellent defenders, the and the Clippers overall as a team are like a solid defense. It's just they have not found ways to stop Luca. Ben, what's your so prediction? Give me the series. Oh, it's I'm scared to pick against the Clippers, and I just like have this bias against them because I don't like them as a team. I'm gonna stick with the logical part of my brain and not overreact to the hot shooting of the Mavs because maybe they just regress back to normal shooting. I'm gonna say the Clippers still win this series, but I think it goes seven. Gavin, why is Ben wrong? <laughs> well, I'll tell you why you're wrong, Ben. Um, tell no, me. I, I just think you're saying like the Clippers haven't found a good way to guard Luka Doncic, and I think if the supporting cast is shooting over fifty percent from three, there is no good way to guard Luka Doncic there's not a one-on-one defender in the league that's going to shut him down. There just isn't. And I mean, maybe OG Ananobi, but other than OG Ananobi, <laughs> I don't think there's anyone in the league that can shut Luka down. Oh, we did see Stanley Johnson do it. Never mind. Well, outside of the Raptors, <laughs> yeah. there's no one that can shut Luka Doncic down if the supporting cast is shooting this well. You're going to have to force him to play, uh, to cough up the ball and just try to defend on the back end three against four against the other players. I think what they got to start doing is playing a bit smaller. Don't let Zubac get toasted. If you want to play Zubac, you tell him your show and you go and the other player stays on him. You just trap because they're just getting toasted in one-on-one. You can't switch that. And I think you trap. And if he passes the ball out to Tim Hardaway Jr., you just say, okay, Tim Hardaway, we're going to rotate onto you. And you're going to have to make the pass and the read to beat us four on three. 
because we put two guys on Luca for this two second period before we can recover. And I think that's all the Clippers can do. And you know what? If the Dallas bench and supporting cast continues to shoot 45, 50% from three, they'll win the series real quick. But I don't think that's going to happen. I think the Clippers are going to come back and win in six games. Did, is the only reason you said six because I said seven? Yeah, I'm going to say six for the Clippers. I've seen enough. I think they can win three in a row. They're the more talented team. And once they get the adjustments correct and the shooting comes back to earth like it will tonight, we're going to see the Clippers take over. Yeah, and we can't forget the Clippers tank to play the Mavericks. And you know how embarrassing would it be if, if they lost this? You know, the offseason drama with would Kawhi resign or not, like it would be incredible. Like, uh, I saw I'm rooting for the Mavericks here, obviously, but I I agree with you guys. I think the Clippers are still the better team. I think they're more talented. I think that they have more adjustments that they can make defensively that they're not really going for yet. So, I mean, I I agree. I think uh, Clippers in six or seven, but uh, I, I really love to see the Mavericks win. But let's move on to the next series. What do we want to do? I think we have the Nuggets and Trailblazers left. One of the most exciting series, I think. Gavin, I, I think I said last week on the pod, I picked the I picked the Nuggets ahead of the Trailblazers, but after game one, I picked the Trailblazers to win this series. It's now tied 2-2. So where are we going, Gavin? I am still favoring the Trailblazers in this series from what I've seen. I, I was there with you in the draft, uh, Aaron. I thought the Denver Nuggets were the better team just because they had the MVP on their squad and I didn't think anyone could touch them. But just looking at the balanced offensive attack from Portland, you never know who's going to beat you night to night. Is it going to be Carmelo that gets 20 points hey, or Norman Powell that goes off for 25 and then you get obviously your buckets from Dame and McCollum and Nurkic chips in there? Like It's just a very well-balanced attack. Sure, it's a very unbalanced defense, but it doesn't need to be super balanced when you can just like throw everyone you have at Jokic and just make Composite try to beat you. And I don't know. I just seem like there's more talent on the Portland Trailblazers right now. I mean, we'll see what Jokic can do. I still think this is very close series, like a lot of these series are. But um, I do favor Portland just because I think there's a bit more talent and um, offense there. Yeah, Michael Porter Jr. has not been playing very well in the last few games. He's really struggled to get going, and <laughs> the Nuggets desperately need him to get going to provide some offense outside of Jokic. Um, yeah, I still feel like pretty good about the Blazers. It took an Austin Rivers game for the Nuggets to squeak, squeak out another win, and... There's like one Austin Rivers game per playoff series that I think you can really bank on. And I don't know if they can bank on another one of those. Um, so I think the Blazers are just the better team right now because of their health. Yeah, too many times I've seen uh, the Blazers make Jokic look unplayable on defense where they just put him in the high pick and roll and just like abuse him time and time again. And like, yeah, the Nuggets can't afford to not play Jokic because he is their offense, right? Like, it'd be crazy to say Jokic, but it's just like defensively, some of the things that they're doing to him is is also pretty rough. So like schematically, I think the, the Blazers just have more in their favor. So I think, you know, I think the series probably goes seven, but I think the Blazers win it in seven. I wouldn't be surprised if this is done in six because um, Portland has outplayed Denver and it's just kind of been a little fluky that Denver's in this position right now. I think, yeah, I think if you're going to pick the lower seed, you should pick them in six. That's sound reasoning just because game seven on the home court 
is uh, a lot more challenging to win. I think it's much more likely Portland wins in six games than in seven. If it goes to seven, I actually kind of favor the Nuggets. Although we also have not seen the Nuggets trump card of Bull Bull. He has not been unlocked yet, Gavin. So (laughs) there's still hope, right? Guys, can we go a single podcast without talking about Bull Bull? (laughs) No, there's absolutely no way we can. And you know what? If you put Bull Bull, Jokic, Michael Porter Jr. out there all in the same lineup, (laughs) I think you could possibly defend the entire three-point line with their wingspan. I think so. Just outstretched arms. arms. And where do Campazzo and Rivers fit in there? (laughs) Oh, they're on the bench. We're playing Jamichael Green. Are they on their shoulders? Yeah. (laughs) Possibly. I don't know. That'd be an interesting yeah. setup. I think Lillard might be able to go underneath Bull Bull's legs. All right. So just to recap here, we've got Brooklyn winning, 76ers winning, Hawks winning, the Bucks have already won. We have the Clippers coming out of that series against the Dallas Mavericks. And then we've got consensus of Portland coming out against Denver and Utah coming out against, coming out against Memphis. And then Phoenix? Are we no? We weren't. What's our consensus for that series? Do we have a consensus for? The I don't Celtics? think so. I think Aaron was the only one that picked against Phoenix. I I believe in LeBron's LeBron's goadedness, and I think he's going to find a way to pull it out. And this is going to be another miracle championship for the Lakers. AD, you know, struggles to get healthy, but he gets healthy enough in the round two to overcome whatever team they end up playing there, and. Uh, I don't know. The finals look really hard for them, though. Any team in the West right now, like I got it. Like this is one of the first times in NBA history, at least since I've been a fan, where I've looked at the East and be like, I think the East is the favorites. Like with with the way Brooklyn and Milwaukee's playing, like they, I think they're the favorites to win now. Yeah, I agree with that. Except for like the Miami Heat days when LeBron had the super team in Miami. I think those were the when the East was favored. But yeah, the Bucks and Nets look like the two best teams in the NBA right now. I totally agree with that. Yeah, I can't say that I disagree either. I just think it all comes down to Anthony Davis. If his groin is really messed up, the Lakers are done. Yeah. But we'll see what happens. We'll the see what happens. Lakers need an excellent groin masseuse. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I'm sure they have one. I'm sure they have one for AD. I hope he, he comes back healthy and we see a great series. But um yeah, we'll see what happens. I'm looking at the teams we have left in our draft pool here, guys, and it's looking pretty grim for me. It's really possible because Boston, Washington, New York, they're all gone. And then I got the Phoenix and Clippers that could also both be gone. The only team I might have in the second round is Milwaukee. Yeah, that's I'm toast. Spooky. Ben, you you could, uh, I mean, you might be left with two teams. No, you I'm could be left with three. three. Portland's taking this. I'm not worried. I'm guaranteed to have two teams. Brooklyn and Utah or Memphis is going to the second round. Mm -hmm. So I'll have at least two. Portland's my wild card, my X factor. Aaron, you're kind of sitting pretty there, though. Well, I don't know. Like the 76 is obviously going through, but then the Lakers is now, I would admit it, a lot more iffy. The Nuggets, you know, we just said that we all favor the Trailblazers. The Hawks, yeah, they're probably going through. But the Mavericks, you know, we all predicted if uh, we all predicted the Clippers to win there. So I might only have two teams going through. Yeah. If the Clippers go through, I'm feeling great. Like if I got Bucks and Clippers, yeah. I'll take that. Yeah, yeah. If and the Lakers go through, I'll, I'll feel really good about myself. But yeah, yeah. I think your stats are also getting a little bit padded here, Aaron, by the Hawks, where they're going to get the wins in this round, and then I'd be surprised if they get more than one win in the next round against the Sixers. So. It's going to be an interesting match, and uh, we'll see who wins. So far, pretty close race. Only three points separate all three of us. It's all going to come down to who makes the second round, though. I do think that's the turning point in this challenge. 
And um, I hope everyone out there is enjoying following along as much as we are playing it because uh, it's been a lot of fun. Any last comments you guys want to leave the the listeners with? No, I think that I'm just looking forward to this next week at the playoffs. And yeah. Great. All right. Well, we'll be right here next week, giving you guys a bit more information on the games that happened, breaking down our uh, new reactions to the wins and losses from the week. And it should be a lot of fun. We'll see how this challenge shakes out and eventually we'll get into some more postmortems for teams and seeing what their options are. So far, we only got Miami to talk about this week, but we'll have a lot more next week for sure. Thanks for listening all the way to the end. Remember to mail us at raptorsreviewmail at gmail.com. That's raptorsreviewmail at gmail.com. We'd love some mail for next week. So please send it our way. All right. Have a good one. Bye for now.